Straight Yak, no motherfucking chaser, brought to you every Tuesday. And this is a Black Queen Collective production. I am saucy right now. Why? Because that is the entire point of it all. What, what did Anthony, Anthony Hamilton say? And the point of it all is I'm drinking. Yes, God, honey. This Hennessy is hitting this evening. Um, I don't know if I mentioned last week or not, but I'm in the midst of this 30 day vegan challenge. So right now I've probably been up since like 5 a.m. It's about 1230 in the morning. Um, I got my sushi out. Uh, I hope you got your breakfast sandwich, midday lunch or something to accompany you while you listen. Either way. Today is the motherfucking day. And of course, straight yeah, can be about anything. News, politics, sex, space age history, which is my interpretation of the world, my forward way of thinking as it relates to history. Um, my relationship or non-relationship, your relationship, Real Housewives of Atlanta or whatever. I missed yesterday's episode because I watched the debate. What a waste of time. Anyway, all day, what's been on my mind, my heart, and my motherfucking spirit? Miguel, why? Not because I think he's amazing, but just because he happens to have a fucking song that's awesome. Awesome, 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 featuring J. Cole. So all day I've been rolling around like, being your friend is killing me softly. I hear voices wondering where I went wrong. Where did I go wrong? Where did we go wrong? Where did we go wrong? We went wrong somewhere because approximately two years ago, all of a sudden some shit popped up off of the griot, the root. You know, that's always where black information and news springs from. Unless it's straight from. Lord, I got to turn this off because I'm too saucy to um, multitask right now. Honey, I don't even know how to turn it down. You just got to turn it off. Anyway, um, with that whole situation, like, (sighs) we got the news in, like, 2013 or something like that, that they was going to do a motherfucking Nina Simone pick with Zoe Saldat. I don't know her name. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Her name is Zoe. And honestly... I think her her acting is mediocre. Why do I think that? One, because I went to the illustrious Howard University and mediocrity is like everywhere and around. And most people that I went to school with are like uber talented. More talented than like everybody that you see on TV, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So Zoe's acting piss poor. It ain't that motherfucking acting I seen at the Ira Aldrich theater theater um and howard it's just not a matter of fact zoe and people i was talking to my boonopolis the other day i guess i just admitted i have a boonopolis whatever anyway i was talking to him the other day and i was like 
yo, Zoe is like that same chick. Like, she reminds me of Paula Patton. And Paula Patton sucks and Zoe sucks. And to me, they're the same person. And I'm not saying that because of the obvious reasons. I'm saying that because they're both mediocre as fuck. And they generally wear their hair back in a fucking ponytail. And they did see as fuck. Same motherfucking person to me. Zoe Paula shouldn't be playing Nina fucking Simone. Like, where do I start with Nina Simone? I don't even know. Because I started reading the first motherfucking couple pages of her um, autobiography, I Put a Spell on You, when I was in Dubai in December of 2015. And I was just blown away by the little bit of shit that I got to in that biography. And I'll be the first to admit that I haven't finished it, but it's somewhere around here. I looked over to my left. Actually, it's on my right. And I see the book in my stack here. I'm going to get back to it. Why? Because um, Nina Simone is fucking phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yes, she was. Yes, she is. Lord, I'm going to drop my sushi. Um, But she's phenomenal. And I would say it's a good starter documentary. What what happened, Miss Simone? It dropped in June. I remember... Um, I saw it at the African, not African-American, but the American Film Institute in Silver Spring, Maryland was showing like all these Negro movies. And of course, I had to go see them all. And what's hap- what happened, Miss Simone was one of them. Amazing introductory film to Nina Simone. Does it say everything? No, not at all. Is all of it accurate? Mm, probably not. You have to look at the people who produced it, who made it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And like I said, I wonder sometimes, I wonder if I was wrong. No, I wasn't fucking wrong. Everybody who had a hand, the producer, the motherfucker who held the boom, the graphic design artist, up from top down, bottom, front, front, back, side to side. Everybody involved with that fucking Nina Simone picture that's dropping in April 2016, they're... What's wrong? It's not me. I'm wondering what the fuck is up with them. And, you know, everybody been slamming Zoe and Nina's daughter. I see her face, but Lord God, I feel like her name is Simone. Mokey. Nina's daughter Simone, like, said we shouldn't be slamming Zoe. We should be slamming the director or whatever. No, girl, we slamming every fucking body because when you look at that shit in blackface, how ridiculous that shit look, I don't give a fuck what the story is or what it isn't. Like, bruh, Zoe, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what side of the game is that? What's Zoe got to do with it? Nothing. She should be playing a fucking revamp of fucking Selena or some shit. And that's no disrespect to my brothers and sisters of African and Latino and Hispanic. Which is some weird ass terms, by the way, but that's not what this fucking podcast is about. This podcast is to address the bullshittery and fuckery of all that is this Nina Simone pig. Baby, I don't even know the name of it. Let me see. I will Google it, but the way my sushi in the way, I'm not going to be able to do that. 
But y'all know what film I'm talking about. It's been everywhere. It's on every corner of the internet. And a lot of people are defending it. If you, in your mind, you're defending it right now. <laughs> Child, go ahead. Brother, sister, you go right ahead. But for me, and as for me in my house, <laughs> you know that's how good Christian folks get down. As for me in my house, hmm, we blah, 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 blah. But anyway, today, as this podcast is going up, it is Tuesday, March 8th. And just two days ago, marked the, what would have been 80th birthday of the Marion S. Berry. Mayor for life, also known as the mayor forever in my heart and those of many in Washington, D.C. Like, Murray was everything. Everything? Everything. And although history might not reflect as such, I'm here as your personal space age to the motherfucking story and to tell you that Marion S. Berry is everything. I'm looking at a picture of Brother Marion right now, next to a picture of Ida B. Wells, Lawrence Guyot, and Delbert Tibbs, all who are my personal heroes from the state of Mississippi. Only person missing from this picture that I can think of right off top that I just saw yesterday is Dory Ladner, which is an OG SNCC veteran from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, I think. I think it's Hattiesburg. If not, Lord forgive me. I'm not trying to rewrite history. I'm going to get it right. I'll fix it next week or whenever if it's not Hattiesburg. But anyway, Murray Burry Joe. Like, when I moved to D.C., um, in 2005, I was 18 years old. I started at Howard. I didn't really get out. Well, no, I got out into the community. But I got into the community to serial date because that's what I was doing. I was serial dating. So, you know, here and there, you would see on the news, oh, Mary and Barry needs a kidney transplant or Mary and Barry dish and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, that's all I knew was that he would always be on the news for some negative shit. And people in D.C. loved him. And I don't understand why, because all I knew was the 1990. Is it January 1990 or January 1991? Baby. 1991, the same motherfucking thing. Under the same motherfucking control, under the same motherfucking shit. Same motherfucking DC that was raging at the time because the way Reagan Reagan is set up. Mm, rest in peace to Nancy Child. But all I knew was the bitch set me up. That's the only Marion Barry I knew. So I left DC, not thinking anything of it. Moved to Chicago. Southside, shot town. All them country boys, nothing. Moved to the south side, low end, and was working on my living, learning, um, doing all that type of stuff in love, child. Mm. Wasn't I love? Mm. To know me then. Anyway, moved to the south side, was working on my master's at the Jacob H. Carruthers Center for Industry Studies. If you don't know who Jacob H. Carruthers is, Google Bible Carruthers because he is any and everything. And essential when you talk about the Chicago School of Thought. 
and African-centered worldview and ideologies, etc., etc. Anyway, so Southside, Jacob H. Brother Center for Energy Studies, working on my master's and doing different research. One of my classmates was like, yo, SNCC, which is the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, is having a um, 50th anniversary in Raleigh, North Carolina. So at this point, you know, I probably done spent my little refund check out here bending, flexing, doing whatever. And I was like, Lord, if I could work Priceline, pay your own price and get me a hotel room for like $50 a night and just drive because I had way too late, I'm going to go. So I get to the 50th anniversary of SNCC and me and my boy, Oh, he's not my boy no more. Hmm. About that last episode about friends. Anyway, he didn't know anything about Snick. And I was like, bruh, there's going to be 50 plus years of history in the room and hundreds of people that were involved in the movement then. You'll figure it out when we get there. So we register or whatever at the hotel and um, we're flipping through the brochure. Trying to identify you know, what we was going to do that day and whatever else that. And suddenly on one of the panels we see, of course we see Dr. Greg Carr. And of course Dr. Carr is wherever the fuck I am. Because I often end up in the spaces that he's in. He's not following me, I'm following him. So I'm like, okay, Dr. Carr, woo-woo. And I'm like, Marion Barry? Me and my boy, like, that's not the Murray Bird we know from D.C. Pulled out our little Blackberries or whatever tired-ass phone we had at the time. And sure enough, it was motherfucking um, Marion Bird from D.C. Marion Bird was the first chairman of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. He was that dude. Why am I saying all this shit about Marion Bird? Because, did I say his birthday? It was two days ago on March 6th, and March is 80th birthday. And so when I when I look back and wonder how I got over, maybe it's because of the knowledge and all of that shit that I got from Mary Asbury. He's that dude, that guy, that something, that um shit that Bobby Seal wanted to be low key. He was trying to be the mayor out in Cali, and it didn't work. People from, you know, that civil rights black power movement. Well, them civil rights Negroes, Marion Berry and Ivy Donahue, Donahue, and Frank Smith and all of them was sent by SNCC to D.C. in, what, 1965? And Marion Berry started the Free D.C. Movement, which, you know, D.C. is known for taxation without representation. So they trying to get the representation along to accompany their taxation. And um, Marion Berry was working diligently on that. Like, he was hitting the ground first, like, when he first got here. And, like, I did this... um, I was on this panel and on the radio and shit yesterday about um, from civil war to civil rights. And we was talking all of this shit, you know, woo-doo about voter registration, yada, yada, yada. But sitting along those giants from SNCC reminded me of the method that SNCC used. Well, first of all, what Dr. Carter G. Wilson told us in Miseducation of a Negro 
if you black and you out here getting this education and this knowledge from these schools, it is your duty, it is your responsibility to take everything you've learned and pour it back into your community. So SNCC was following the plans of Dr. Wilson and they probably didn't even know it because the SNCC model and method was this. A lot of them were graduates or students that end up having to drop out because they were involved in the movement from historically black colleges and universities. And what SNCC would do whenever they set up shop, whether it be, you know, D.C., Atlanta, Chicago, all throughout the South, wherever they were setting up, what they did was go, they went on a grassroots level, door to door, to the House of Color folks, and got them all together and asked them what it is they needed. And based on that response, they used their skills, their talents, and their resources to get the people what they needed. Because that's what it's all about. A lot of us folks, because we're all in this together, so I can't exclude exclude myself. A lot of us folks are out here... um, Lord, I'm so loose. I don't know what to do with myself. But a lot of us folks are out here in quote-unquote black middle class. I don't believe in the black middle class because that's not a real thing. We all poor. Wake the fuck up. And even if you're not poor, you're still a nigga with a coup. So we out here, black middle class, um, talking amongst ourselves and providing... Um, opportunities, etc., etc., in this little small frame. And most of it, like, we're so self-absorbed that we only worried about ourselves. But the reality is, everybody is a part of us. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're responsible for everybody. And Snick knew that. They understood that, and they did that. Mary Brown was a part of that. He moved here in 65. Then, I think, in, like, 1969... There was a brother, Corey Booker, Brooker, that was murdered by the motherfucking pigs in May of 1969. The country was on fire during this time, like literally. A lot of people were upset. Um, racial tension was high, just like it is now. Fast forward 50 years later. And um, the federal government that ran and oversaw D.C. and all this shit was worried that black folks was going to burn this bitch down in the same way they was doing in like L.A. and Detroit, etc., etc. So they came up with some money in Marionburg, Catfish Mayfield, and Mary, what ended up being Marionsbury's uh, second wife, Mary Treadwell, came together and ended up being the co-founders of this phenomenal organization called Pride Inc., Pride Inc. is the motherfucking shit, and it is the absolute reason why I feel that, one, the summer job program exists now in D.C., and two, like, black people were able to really break into this quote-unquote middle-class level where they were able to get government jobs and all these different opportunities, et cetera, et cetera. Pride kicked down the door and waved the 4-4 on these motherfuckers, and I'm like... 
they originally gave Pride like $300,000 to operate for like 30 days. And they just wanted to keep black males off the streets and give them something to do and look forward to. So they went burned down Washington, D.C. after they killed brother, after they murdered, wrongfully murdered Corey here in D.C. So what Mary Burry and Catfish Mayfield and Mary Treadwell and all of them were able to accomplish in 30 days, knock these white folks back on their goddamn heel. So they end up giving them a million more dollars and they continue to sustain the um, the pride program until it just wasn't no more. So let me tell y'all. Hold on, Hennessy break. So let me tell y'all. Um, I lost my thought, boy. That Hennessy just knocked me on, knocked me off, knocked me off on my heels. Goody, goody. Anyway, Pride Inc. So I was going to do my PhD dissertation because I did get a year under my belt. And I just knew in my heart and spirit that I was going to finish. But anyway, um, for my PhD dissertation, I wanted to do Marianne Barron. And one of the first steps that um, one of my professors pushed me in was to find one piece of Mary Berry that I wanted to research um, thoroughly uh, on a primary level. So I chose Pride, Inc. Started researching Pride, Inc. at the Moreland Spingarn um, Center at Howard University and came across all these primary documents. Yeah, there were letters from all over the world. Like I say all the time. People, fam, my G. It, damn, I forget. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. See, this is how this podcast started because normally when I'm at the bar just trying to have a good motherfucking time, I always end up having these deep ass conversations with people about Murray and Bear. But anyway, so I go to Moreland Spengarn. I'm in the primary resources for like the first five years of priding. I'm finding all of these phenomenal programs. I'm talking about like trade school, basically, like teaching young black men from all over the city, from all various different backgrounds, how to um, print, how to fix cars, how to do all of this different shit. Like Pride Inc. was the shit. Okay. Um, so much so that people were writing from like Detroit and like Africa asking, can you give me more information about how I can do this myself? Like that's how fucking popping it was. And like that is a part of Marion Barry's legacy. Like giving people jobs, like Nobody does it like you, the way that you do, Marion, nobody does it like you. Anyway, y'all get what I'm saying. Marion Barry was that dude. And everybody in this area knows it because they were touched by it, like, literally. Like, that's not a dream. That's not no bullshit. That's not, no, this is all very real. And, um... He's just my hero. Like, I can go on and on about the programs that he implemented, um, how he fell down so many times, but got right back up. We fall down, but we get up. 
And if you haven't, um, read his autobiography, um, Mare for Life. I think that's what it's called. I'm pretty sure. You look up Mary and Barry and Book and Mare for Life pop up because he's the only one that wrote Mare for Life, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, you can get some knockoff shit, but, like, from me to you, it is probably, um, I don't know. Y'all pray for me. Because what this Hennessy set up, I don't even know what I was saying. My eyes was closed. I was in the whole zone. Mary Barry, that dude. And I'm going to dedicate a whole show to elaborate and be explicit on that about, but until next time. So what? We talked about how Zoe is fucked up for making us watch this shit in a non-conventional way and lacing and lining people's pockets. Okay, cool. So... I wish I had my notes, Lord Jesus, because I'm I it's not together right now. Um Murray Bird, Nina Simone. Oh, Harriet Tubman. And I had to say Harriet. Because Harriet was from the fucking DMV, and that's DC, Maryland, and Virginia. But apparently it's no longer the DMV. It's goddamn um the DM <laughs> because ever since uh, Virginia um, put Trump in the prior primary or whatever black folks is not fucking with the V and DMV but anyway Harriet motherfucking Tubman G Mike she's so trill y'all already know she was spy in the um, Union Army during the Civil War um, fight or whatever. Um, she led all of these people to freedom. And she said if people knew they were slaves, she could have freed a thousand more or whatever the case may be. Um, she was just a G. And it's Black Women's History Month. You know, of course they say Women's History Month. No, boo. It's Black Women's History Month. Because that's all I care about. And that's who I am. Um, Harriet from Eastern Shore, Maryland. Um, born in Bucktown, Maryland. To the Brodus. I think that's what it is. Brodus, Brodus um, Plantation. And... Um, Eventually, she broke the fuck free. And I bring up Harriet because Harriet Tubman Day is March 10th. Marks Harriet Tubman Day, which to me is a very important day because Harriet, granted, we, we, we mention Harriet Tubman a lot. Like, she's like one of the go-to Black History Month motherfuckers, but in the reality, the reality of it is, is Harriet is really a story of slave resistance, and we don't get into that often. Like, we doing some shit on that turn. Let's do a trail ass movie with Harriet Tubman and maybe um, put in, um, what's that lady from How to Get Away? Viola, Viola, Violina. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Put her in as Harriet Tubman. 
And then maybe you'll get a full grasp on who she is, her importance, and all of that shit. Like, we don't have enough slave resistance stories. But the thing that I kind of want to talk about briefly, damn. I love amino acids, the brag shit. And I thought I ran out of fucking soy sauce and decided to use that shit. Mm-mm-mm, no God, honey, that is not a substitute. You need soy sauce. But anyway, um, taste it. Just left it in my mouth and wash it down with some hennies. Mm. So, Harry's a G. A conductor on the Underground Railroad, like... You know, it's Black Women's History Month. And black men always got some shit to say. I love y'all, though, about the black woman. Oh, the black woman not dare enough. The black woman do this. The black woman do that. The black woman does every motherfucking thing. And some of the shit that you might not like, but either way, it's still motherfucking trill, very real and relevant to your life, my life, and everybody's motherfucking life. Like, what's going on? So... Tell me, like, she was born by another name. Our Armanita, Armanita, however you say it, Ross, which immediately made me think, is she related to Diana Ross? Anyway, I don't know. Let me mind my business. But Harriet Tubman was a G. They call her Black Moses because she led people out of slavery. And the connection here is like, Nina did that with her art. She led people out of slavery. She freed us with the way that she sang, her purpose, the way that she stood in it. And then Marion Barry did the same thing. Like, he fought so much for our freedom on so many different levels. And that's the reason why they took him down. Like, bruh, if you start reading that book... The first thing it says is, like, it talks about the setup. In 1989, the FBI, the government, whomever else, started tapping, damn, when I opened my eyes, I lost my spot. In 1989, the FBI and all of them started tapping, following, and trying to set up in a trap Marion Bird. They spent $10 million to set this brother up. Why? Because he was fighting for statehood and possibly close. Why? Because he was focusing on the last, the lost, and the least. Why? Because he was a rare breed, very brilliant and intelligent, blah, 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 blah. Same goes for Harriet Tubman. Very intelligent, very witty, and brilliant woman. Like, brothers always say we don't hold them down enough. But think about Sister Harriet. Her ass was 24 years old before John Tubman, and that's how she got the last name Tubman, came along and asked her for her hand in marriage. 24 at the time was old, y'all. Because, like, I feel like my grandma was young. And when you was, like, 13, 14, you had already been, like, married. So, 
Here's Harriet. Old as that thing at the age of 24. Somebody finally come to her, a free man named John Tubman, asked to marry. She says yes. That doesn't make her free at all, but it does allow her to go and spend the night at um, John's place or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, because I'm way nicer than what I thought. Um, Harriet Tubman faced a lot of shit. So much so that her own free husband didn't want her to run away from freedom. He wanted to still have control over her. Like, she talked to him about running away, and he was just like, oh, baby, if you run away, I'm telling Master. I'm telling everybody. I'm sending the whole team out for your ass. And so when she realized that, she retreated one another way, and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it was her husband. That's why she ended up not being with his ass and then not getting married again until she was older. Because I think he was living like still in the place where she met him, but as a free man. But as a free man, he was just out here doing whatever woo-woo because I guess he thought Harriet Tubman was going to be out about that free man. May 10th is Harriet Tubman Day. May 6th marks the birth of the great Murray and Burry. Black women hold black men down because let me tell you, Effie Burry um, held Mary and Burry down. Um, I'm holding down my friend. Um, so much to learn, so much to know. Um, Let's not go out and support that need of some own shit. And let's keep our conversations and shit to a minimum in general about it anyway. Um, but yeah. Heard Tubman was Moses and the shit. So was Frederick Douglass. If you're in D.C., stop by the Frederick Douglass house. Stop by Morning Spengarn. At my alma mater, Howard University, stop by anywhere to get in more information and figure out what to do. Um, straightyak.com. I should have recorded this earlier because let me tell you, I'm really done. But, Murray and Burry, Mayor for Life, Mayor Forever, Harriet Tubman, The Black Moses. Um, her struggle with, you know, relationships or whatever um, is very real. I have a slight struggle. I just need to make more time in my life. But it is what it is. It's March 10th, Harold Tubman Day. March 6th would march, would mark Murray Berry's 80th birthday. I know he's shining down on us, shining on us, on us all. I'm sleepy. I've had too much to drink. I'm going to try again next week. Um, P.
peace, love, positive energy, and all of that shit. Black people, I love y'all. I'm out.